0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, there it is. And here we go, coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. Broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. Big Tuesday episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not go on the Seth Meyers show last night. No, ma'am, Joe Biden did. I don't remember that ever happening. No, it happened. We've got the clips. We're going to get into it. Uh, We're going to analyze it. Uh, That was a
2: hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck.
1: Listen, they got by. But the point is, we learned a lot. We learned a lot in that carefully choreographed interview. And uh, we want to give it a fair and proper analysis. It's not every day that the lowest rated president goes on the lowest-rated comedy show. I think we should acknowledge the historical significance, so we'll start the show with that on a very busy Tuesday episode. Emily Campagno is going to be here. Uh, she's, of course, uh, the co-host of Outnumbered. You know her as the human happy hour who spends way too much time partying in my backyard. Uh, we're also going to be joined by retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow. Katie Pavlich is in the house. And, of course, Brian Brenberg has been booked for a return engagement on the program.
3: That's
4: Use your Bren- common sense.
1: Stop it, Brenberg's great, and he was on Fox News Saturday night this past weekend. And I should just say, uh, you, the audience, you, the viewer, uh, propelled us to our highest ratings ever.
5: Well, we're moving on now. Oh, girl!
0: Oh,
1: no. Take off the apron, oh, no. Jenny Faila. We are going out tonight, girlfriend. I'm kidding. I have to do Ingram. You're cooking. Oh, no. So silly. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of the show. 888-788-9910. You know the rules. You could be a Republican. be a Democrat, Libertarian. You could be an Independent. The only thing we ever ask is that you don't be a There it is. Happy Tuesday. And away we go. Uh, one announcement. We got just quick, quick announcement for our listeners down in Florida. WDBO. Okay. And anyone on any of our affiliates in the area. We're all over Florida, as you know. Uh, I have just added a Mother's Day show, specifically for Mother's Day. It's a 5 p.m. show at the Plaza Live in Orlando. (laughs) Now, they're having a pre-sale tomorrow. If you want to go to the show, this is an exclusive to Fox Across America listeners, okay? If you go and use the code word Jimmy24, Jimmy24, Okay, you can score tickets ahead of the general public. It starts tomorrow at 12 noon. Jimmy 24, the Plaza Lives. Good Mother's Day gift. Bring your mom out to the comedy show. Tell her some dirty jokes. You'll have a QA and a and a meet and greet, and we'll sign the books and everything else in between, and you might just, just see some of the ladies in my family because I'm supposed to be spending Mother's Day with them, so if I just jet off to Orlando and just, you know, sorry, you girls are on your own. That's
6: not right. It's
1: not right, so I may have a serious female entourage. Uh, it's the Plaza Live. It's Sunday, May 12th, Mother's Day. Tickets on sale tomorrow in a pre-sale, uh, Jimmy 24, uh, and you will get your tickets ahead of the general public. I also announced yesterday that I'm heading back to the Green Valley Ranch in Nevada. (laughs) Can confirm that that presale has begun. It began at 10 a.m., and you can use the code word Jimmy24 just the same, and you can get those tickets before they sell out. So get moving. telling you because I care because otherwise what happens is I get all of these messages like, yeah, I wanted to go, but they sold out the freaking thing. All right, great. Well, I don't want to hear that, okay? And I'm not really being, like, standoffish. I just mean I tell you guys about these shows before they even go on sale to the public. Like, I announce this stuff, and then I get messages and texts from the promoters being like, you can't say that. It's not announced. It's not official. But you see, you guys have the highest security clearance in the world, and I want you to get there. The radio audience is ride or die. You've been here since March of 2020. I am very thankful for the TV audience, but they're obviously showing up a few years into the journey. So I'm always giving you guys the preferential treatment, if only because you had a girl's back when I was just getting started. So I'm out here trying to do the right thing. So the point is I want you at these shows. Uh, you know me, you know my family, and you're very familiar with this journey that you yourself have powered. So these pre-sales are exclusive for you, the radio listener. You won't see them on social media. You won't hear me talking about them on the TV. This is something I am giving to you. That is all. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to do my actual job. Radio, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Here we go. So Biden goes on Seth Meyers last night, And, uh, you know, it's a softball interview, as late night interviews are supposed to be. I mean, that's the truth. When Donald Trump went on with Jimmy Fallon in the summer of 2020, and they all freaked out because Jimmy Fallon was normalizing Donald Trump, he treated him like a regular guy. How could you do that? Shut
2: up. Will you shut up?
1: Seriously, why do I say that? Because Jimmy Fallon didn't normalize Donald Trump on NBC. You know who normalized Donald Trump on NBC? Are you ready for it? NBC. Donald Trump had a primetime show on NBC for 15 years. 15 years. He hosted Celebrity Apprentice. He hosted Saturday Night Live twice. The idea that he showed up to Jimmy Fallon one night is like some fringe radical nobody had ever heard of. It's performative stupidity, okay, is what the reaction to Donald Trump was. They manufactured a hysteria and all engaged in performative stupidity. We're under attack. We're all going to die. If we elect the guy... That we've all been putting on the air the last 15 years, the guy whose parties we go to, the guy who donates to our campaign. If we elect this guy, we're all going to die.
3: Democrats are so full of crap. But
1: that's what they did. So understand, Jimmy Fallon was guilty of nothing when he mussed Donald Trump's hair. The only thing he was guilty of in the eyes of the mob was doing a much better show. Then Stephen Colbert.
0: He knows what he's talking about.
1: Stephen Colbert being the liberal activist masquerading as a comedian. OK, he galvanized a lot of support in 2016. His show was about to get canceled. It was tanking in the ratings. Fallon was in the lead and Trump's entree into politics created a lane for activist, angry, liberal comedy group therapy at 1130 p.m. Colbert seized that and, you know, wrote it to all kinds of success in the ratings. I mean, it does well. I'm not denying him his success. okay. but it set back the country because late night went from common culture where we could all put our political differences aside to a place that was just now a partisan lecture masquerading as some type of common culture. There was no common culture. If you turn on uh, Colbert, you don't feel welcome as a conservative or someone who loves the country. okay. you don't feel welcome as a sane, rational human being. When you see him dancing with Pfizer vaccine needles in a paid infomercial. That was embarrassing. But the point is, understand that I, as a guy who now hosts a Saturday night TV show, one that's doing pretty good in the ratings. Oh, my God, look at us. Holy heck. But the point is, I am keenly aware of the need for comedy to be something that's bipartisan. Okay, I book a lot of liberals on my show. I don't necessarily talk a ton of politics with them. I just want to show the world that it's okay to coexist. So I root for late-night comedy. I want it to do well, and I refuse to give this one opportunity that I've somehow, through some spectacular confluence of events, has been bestowed upon me uh, by the grace of God and some poor judgment by some TV executives. (laughs) I don't know what they were thinking. I don't. But the point is, I refuse to use this one opportunity to divide America. So when Biden goes on Seth Meyers, that is ultimately what I'm rooting for. I want a softball interview. I want some cream puff questions. I want some easy jokey answers. It's what I want. But they still couldn't resist the urge to go make this uh, some political pugilism.
3: That was
4: absolutely dreadful. It was terrible.
1: And the reason it's so bad. OK, is because like Biden's public appearances, he has the questions ahead of time. OK, there's no spontaneity to and it's not a real interview. It's theater. But bigger than that is they do these little interviews like Biden yesterday being asked a question when he was having ice cream with Seth Meyers at the ice cream shop across the street from where I'm sitting right now. They do these little interviews as a way of basically acknowledging things like they talked about the ceasefire yesterday while they were getting ice cream. Biden took a question on the Israel ceasefire while he's eating an ice cream cone. You know, peace through strength, speak softly and carry a big stick. Our president literally licking an ice cream cone while addressing a terror group. I mean, dude,
3: we really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout
6: the world. They just they're not respecting our country the way they used to.
1: Literally, the people that is beheading children, killing women, still holds dozens of hostages, has no value for human life. We're just having an ice cream cone. Yeah, we're hoping to get a ceasefire early in the weekend, maybe late. Hopefully by next week, another lick. It's disgusting. Okay, never mind that it's beneath the dignity of the situation. That you should be addressing when you're talking about atrocities, human rights atrocities being committed. That being said, you're on a late night show. I want that late night vibe. Okay, I want that common culture moment. Hey, you're the president, supposedly for all Americans. But what you reveal last night is they don't put Biden on TV because he's bored and he needs to get out more. Okay, they want him out less. Okay, the less Joe Biden is in front of a camera, the better off this administration's gonna
7: be. I'm Kamala Harris and I approve this message.
1: Okay, so you understand he's out there because there's a strategic purpose. They wanna get some messaging out to the youth, they wanna use the light setting to push back against some of the critiques against the president. But you understand in pushing back, they have to decide what the pushback is going to be. So obviously the hot subject right now is NBC, the network he happens to be on. That's why this is so fascinating. An NBC poll told us last week 86 percent of Americans, 86 percent of Americans have concerns about Biden's mental faculties.
7: This man needs a
6: retirement home and a warm bowl of soup.
1: 86 percent of Americans, 86. And that's an NBC poll. That's the network he's on last night. So they go on that network and they have to come up with some type of a, hey, how do we address this? The whole country thinks, you know, guys cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So with all the consultants in the world, with a record-breaking level of fundraising that Biden has enjoyed because they're the party of the rich, they get all the money. They're not getting grassroots donations to the Biden campaign. They're getting major, the gazillion dollars from super PACs and well-heeled special interest groups that want the status quo in Washington. Fine. Listen, take the money. Any politician would. But the point is— Okay, all of that think tank money decided that the best way to address Biden's cognitive issues is to say, I know you are. But what am I? That's what they came up with as a strategy. You
2: cannot be
1: serious. Oh, I'm serious. Here's Seth Meyers asking Biden about his age. The response is, oh, Trump forgot his wife's name once. Here we go, clip three.
2: This isn't a gotcha show, but I do want to ask about it, that says you are currently 81 years old. Who
6: the hell told you that?
2: Yeah. That's classified. That's classified. All jokes aside, according to recent polling, this is a real concern for American voters. How do you address that concern going forward as you come up to the 2024 election?
6: Well, a couple things. Number one, you got to take a look at the other guy. He's about as old as I am, but he can't remember his wife's name.
2: Yeah. And, uh,
6: Oh, hey, way to go. You got to do better than that. Okay, understand.
1: Trump slips on his wife's name. I mean, the guy in his defense has had three wives. Uh, I don't, I mean, technically speaking, I'm not wrong. This guy will say anything. Listen, I'm just being up front with you. He has had three wives. I mean, four if you count Stormy Daniel. This guy will say anything. But anyway, stick with me. Okay, they've decided to do the old Trump's old too. Okay, but the problem is Trump is all. Trump has slipped on saying Melania's name once. But Trump exclusively talks to living people. We don't have 10 public events on record where Trump has addressed dead people who weren't alive. We don't have one event on record where he shook hands with an invisible person, quit speaking in the middle of a sentence because he was done or made the sign language interpreter shrug.
6: I'll need an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure.
1: So when they try to pivot to, I know you are, but what am I? For a trillion dollars worth of focus group money, and they think this is going to solve the problem? Not even close. My goodness gracious. So he goes from that to this is the other end of the strategy, which is ideas, straw man arguments, things he claims Trump is going to do. Clip four.
6: It's about how old your ideas are. Look, I mean, this is a guy who wants to take us back. He wants to take us back on Roe v. Wade. He wants to take us back on a whole range of issues that are 50, 60 years. They've been solid American positions, And, um, and I really mean this sincerely. The, uh, I think it's about, about the future. And everything, every single thing we've done, I think we've got some good things done. Everything – and we, they told us we couldn't get them done because <laughs> things were so divided. Mm. And, uh, but I think everything we've gotten done, he's this friendly state he wants to do away with if you get selected. And I really think his views on where to take America are older than – anyway.
1: No oh, man, and he ran out of gas at the end. But the long story short is, OK, they have nothing they've got done that anybody cares about. You spending us into oblivion on climate change, an issue that's not even a top 10 issue for voters right now, is not an accomplishment. You opening the southern border and letting in 8 million illegal migrants is not an accomplishment. Blundering us to the brink of World War III, not an accomplishment. You know, Joe Biden says his campaign slogan is finish the job. It really should be finish the nap because the way he's governing, he's going to finish the country.
2: And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right
1: or
0: wrong or bullshit. (laughs) we <laughs> The show that solves problems the old fashioned way. You and me are going to fight when that bell rings at 3 o'clock. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Alright, this one's for the fellas who want to tap the brakes on the aging process. How do you do that, Jimbo? We're talking about Nugenics Total T. Okay, Every day that passes by is a day that you lose testosterone, which means less muscle, less energy, less get up and go in the bedroom. That doesn't sound any fun, but are you really ready to lose your shape, your muscle, maybe even in your energy, you don't have to. Okay, you can slow it down with Nugenix Total Tea. Nugenix Total T. it'll boost free and total testosterone, and it'll help you get the old fire back at work, in the gym, in the bedroom. How about it? Nugenix Total Tea Testosterone Booster has testophen, which will boost your testosterone. You know, the man hormone. How about more of that? You can try Nugenix Total Tea before you buy. There's nothing to lose, everything to gain. Now, get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text 231-231 and enter the keyword jimmy text now you'll get a bottle of new genix thermo x the newest and most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you lose fat fast and get lean fast it is absolutely free your complimentary sample available to you if you text 231-231 and enter keyword jimmy it's 231-231 and you enter the keyword jimmy texting enrolls you
2: in a recurring automated text messages consent not required to purchase message and data rates may apply
1: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. So here is Biden last night. He sits down on the Seth Meyers show. Everybody's all revved up, ready to go. Meyers asks about his 2024 agenda. Biden responds by saying what he thinks he's going to do with the 2020 agenda.
6: That man belongs in a nursing home, not in the White House.
2: This is a real clip. Uh, Clip one. What do you, would you want to do? What's your 2024 agenda? Because I feel like we live in such crazy times that that is one of the things I feel we hear less about.
6: Look, the 2020 agenda is to finish the job.
4: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Guys, this is a scripted question. They have this. It's written down in his hand. He's gone over it on the way to the interview. It's a scripted question. He's going to ask you about your 2024 agenda. Say anything you want. Trump's a white supremacist. You know, anything. You know, your, your gay kids aren't going to be allowed out of the house. They're, they're, they're homophobes. They're transphobes. Just attack the other side. That is the agenda. But he can't even get the year right.
8: Biden's lost his marbles.
1: Unbelievable. And Seth Meyers, who, again... You have the president of the United States on your show. Supposed to have a good time with him. So I don't begrudge Seth Meyers for trying to. He just didn't have a hell of a whole lot to work with. And then, of course, they got into these laughable clips about Trump being a dictator. He's going to attack his political opponents. And what's so fascinating about all of that is everything they're accusing Trump of they're doing. Did Trump fire anyone from their job because they didn't agree with his vaccine position? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. Biden did. He fired soldiers. He fired nurses, fired cops. Okay, think about that. Did Trump jail any of his political opponents? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. Biden did. He's got his current. The guy was leading them in all the polls. He's got him under 91 indictments that it appears the White House had a pretty heavy hand in bringing to the table. So the point is, it's a cream puff event. That is basically a paid trip to the ice cream store for Joe Biden, and the guy can't even get that done.
3: Get him out of here. Get him out.
0: Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: There it is. Back in action on a Tuesday. Jimmy Fallon, your radio buddy. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. I go back out on the road this week. I'm in Idaho Falls on Friday. I'm in Sacramento on Saturday. If you want tickets to either, foxacrossamerica.com. They put me in bigger venues on this tour. We sold out everything last tour, and everybody yelled at me on social media. Uh, It sounds like we're going to sell out pretty much what we do this tour, which is – I'm humble. I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to say it. But the point is, the one thing that always – I always get this message. Always. Always. I'll post a picture Friday night from the Colonial Theater in Idaho Falls. You'll see me. My cousin Tommy's coming. We'll be half in the bag. It'll be a picture of my book. It'll be like, best night ever in Idaho Falls. And the, the third comment will be like, yeah, I couldn't get a ticket. You suck, you duck ass. And you make me feel bad because I want, like, I listen, if, if one of these shows sells out, I meet the public after the show. I will meet you. I will be there. Like when I'm playing casinos, I always go, off. Ah, you couldn't get a ticket to the show, I'm going to be gambling in the casino. And I am. I'm going to be gambling in the casino. I'm a mess. I'm a broken man. I tell you this all the
0: time. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son.
1: Maybe. But it's a great way if you're a fan of what I do because you'll always have a chance to meet me, okay? I am one of you. That's my superpower. I'm regular. Here's a little more of the Biden interview just because I found this all so funny, man. Okay, they're going on Seth Myers because they're out of places they can stick this guy. They're out. Just understand Seth Myers, okay, is a weeknight show on a network, okay? And I'm beating him in the ratings. That's not supposed to happen. And I'm not saying I'm good, I'm on a channel that's huge. It's a huge channel. But cable networks are not supposed to be beating networks. Not when they have a legacy head start of 40 years in the late night game and we parachute in on a weekend and beat this guy. OK, Seth Myers is terrible. I'm not saying it to sing my praises. OK, I'm telling you they're underachieving in that time slot. But when Biden winds up there, it's because it's the least consequential interview he can do. That's the point. And understand this. OK, this is a president who had to skip the Super Bowl interview. Where An interview where 80% of the answers are the word guacamole or chicken wings, and you're good to go. Super Bowl Sunday. Just be a human. Well, I'm just excited for the chicken wing. Ah, oh, the guacamole. You know, whatever you want. But they couldn't trust him in that scenario for fear of what he might say. So they went and found an activist for a cream puff interview that would have nobody watching but would allow them to get out the sound bites they needed for today's news cycle. That's what yesterday was about. They have a Michigan primary today. There's a big momentum within his party because of the squad to have people vote present for all intents and purposes and send a message to Biden on the handling of the Israel Hamas conflict. So Biden said last night over an ice cream cone, over an ice cream cone. Remember, we were told the adults are back in the room. We have a guy making major foreign policy announcements over an ice cream cone. Biden is such a disaster. Listen to this. This is Biden. Getting asked about a ceasefire while he's eating an ice cream cone. Again, I'm not outraged, guy. I don't want you to get mad about this. I'm not angry about this. So much as I'm just watching the optics of this and the casual dismissive throwaway nature of a war. Okay? Of an actual... I hate to say the words when you get into the specifics of what Hamas has done. It's very hard for me to process. That's why I do news from such a light standpoint is I don't really want to have to emotionally process the horror of what's going on over there. But at the same time, it deserves the dignity of, you know, a respectful conversation. And I don't know that a commander in chief eating a, you know, a butternut ice cream cone or a butter pecan, whatever the hell they're feeding them these days. Okay, befits the situation, or the gravity thereof. But here's the take, clip five.
2: Can you give us a sense of when you think that ceasefire will start?
6: Sir? Well, I hope by the, the beginning of the weekend. I mean, the end of the weekend. At least my, my, my national security advisor tells me that we're close. We're close. We're not done yet. And my hope is by next Monday, we'll have a ceasefire.
1: Oh, my goodness gracious. And remember this. This is a guy, he's saying that in between licks of an ice cream cone. What an idiot. Like we were told decorum was back in the white. The adults were back in the room. Remember this montage? This is after the inaugural address.
8: Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room.
1: It it seems as though we have a, a professional adult once again in the White House Who's just simply doing the work.
8: Really, the, the theme, I would say, is the adults
7: are back. Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge. Now we have
4: adults in the White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um,
7: there is a sense, I think, the world over that the adults have returned.
4: We have an adult in
7: the
1: White House now, and it's glorious.
5: Ugh. I'm surrounded
1: by idiots. I mean, come on. Are you serious? The adults are back in the room. They're eating ice cream cones, talking about terror groups with Seth Meyers. They got the year wrong when they asked about their Let me play this clip again. I'm in a really goofy mood. I'm about to go out on tour, and it's starting to kick in. Okay, I haven't been in that position in a couple of months. It's a very unique mindset. And you walk on stage, there's a thousand people screaming, and you're going to tell them jokes, and they're going to laugh. It's awesome. It's like the coolest feeling in the world. And it's starting to like the endorphins of that are starting to kick in. So I'm in a good mood. Make no mistake about it. I'm not playing you these clips. So I want you to get mad, or I want you to get down on the country. I'm just, it's amazing to me that with all the money, all the, the amount of consulting money that goes into this presidency, And the people cashing the checks are as bad at it as they are, okay? Someone decided throwing this guy on the lowest-rated late-night show was the move. So they could just carefully curate sound bites and get them out to the press. Whether we're talking about a ceasefire or his 2024 agenda, there's only one small problem. I played this clip before. He doesn't
2: know what year it is.
7: We have a president that is clearly not all there.
2: Clip one. Here it is. What do you would you want to do? What's your 2024 agenda? Because I feel like we live in such crazy times that that is one of the things I feel we hear less about.
6: Look, the 2020 agenda is to finish the job. I mean, did you hear that? The
3: 2020 agenda. Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed. Got the year
1: wrong by four years, and it happens. But then again, his response to, well, what do you think about the people concerned about your age? Well, Trump's old too. Trump got his wife's name wrong the other day. He's actually right. Okay, but again, when you look at the records of the two presidents, the polling shows 53 percent of people concerned about Trump's age. The number on Biden is 86 percent.
8: Biden's lost
1: his marbles. It ain't good. So I watch this stuff and I laugh at it if for no other reason than I'm a huge fan of process. Do you guys know who the great Mike Rowe is? Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs, Shark Tank, all the cool things Mike Rowe has done over the years. He's fantastic. I did the Mike Rowe podcast in L.A. this week and he just dropped it today. It's called The Way I Heard It with Mike Rowe. It's an hour and 15 minutes of he and I talking process, like how I built my career, how I write jokes, how I program the TV show, how I program the radio show. I can't encourage you enough to check it out. It's Mike Rowe, The Way I Heard It podcast. It's fantastic, mainly because of him, because he's just asking me really interesting questions that force you to sound interesting, even if you aren't. He's just that good of an interviewer. But the point is, what you'll notice in listening to it is I am obsessed with process. I love watching other comics and figuring out how they're getting their laughs or how they're writing their jokes, you know, love watching singers and figuring out how they relate to the audience or how they, you know, position their voice so they can hit the high note, things like that. So when I study politicians, whether they're in here in studio or I'm watching them on TV, I am absolutely, whether they realize it or not, breaking down their process the whole time. How do they relate to people? How do they buy currency with the audience? Are they self-aware? You know, what seems to be their real motivating force when they're sitting here doing this interview? Is it to give me talking points and make votes? Is it to forget that they're actually out here to make talking points and get votes and just converse with me like a human because they enjoy it? You know, are they uncomfortable? I just I love process. So when I watch these Biden interviews and I see how transparent the process is, It truly fascinates me if only because they have that much money and they have that many consultants and they have the bully pulpit of the presidency. So what you come to learn by the limited way with which they distill this president, you know, the press conferences are fake. He has the questions ahead of time. He has a picture of the reporter he's going to call on. He knows which outlet she works for. They've given him the proper pronunciation right there on the cheat sheet, and he's just reading the answer. That's theater. But you realize when you're watching this presidency play out, when it comes to process, their options are really limited. It's like, do you know when there's a third string quarterback in the game? So they're like, well, I, you know, we're not going to be throwing any slant routes, just all hand it off, run it th- between the tackles. Woody Hayes, three yards and a cloud of dust. That's the way we're going to run the offense today. No high screens, no fancy out patterns, no stop and goes, no slants, no go routes, nothing. Okay, that's what you're watching with the president. If you watch that interview last night, forget the answers, forget Seth Munch, forget everything. Just realize in how limited the back and forth is that they ran a play. They sent a play into the huddle last night. You're going to ask us questions. We're going to know the answer. We're going to attempt to deliver them in the English language with any luck. And that was the limited process of that interview. Now, I understand you have a very simple purpose, which is go on TV, get a couple of laughs, and assure the public that you don't belong in some type of a nursing home. Now, I got to be honest. If that was the goal, did they achieve it? Not even close. No, not even a little. But the process is very revealing because we've got two things happening now. Okay, they're pivoting to everybody's a racist and a dictator and a fascist, which is the ugliest form of messaging. Okay, and we're doing that in February. We got nine months till Election Day. I got a
9: bad
0: feeling about this.
1: Seriously, nine months till Election Day. And we're already here talking about Hitler and fascism. And you ever seen such negative campaigning in your
0: life? Dirtiest
1: campaign I ever remember. (laughs) <laughs> that's Johnny Carson in 1984. Do you imagine
4: if he was looking at this today? Oh, my God. Nobody talks oh. anymore about the issues. No. They simply just, this man is for toxic drinking water to kill your children. I mean,
1: <laughs> But that's reality. But here we go. Okay? Because I'm not the only one noticing process. Okay? Here is Pod Save America. Okay? As liberal of a podcast as they are so liberal they wanted to defund the cop and the village people. Okay. The show is staffed of former White House aides. I have great respect for these guys. They are good broadcasters. They've accomplished a ton in the space. I don't agree with a lot of their politics, but I'm not in the enemy business. It's not what I want to be in media for. That being said, we come at this from two completely different angles politically, but we seem to have arrived at the same conclusion when it comes to Biden. Here's clip
5: six. For the better part of two years, The number one concern that people have had about Joe Biden is his age. Those concerns have predated Robert Herr. They have predated anything Trump has said, Republicans have said. It is not just about people who see like out of context clips or or that the Republicans put out or crazy TikToks or whatever else. If you watch Joe Biden speak, oftentimes he sounds frail and he sounds more frail than he used to, even in 2019 and 2020.
1: I mean, think about that. (laughs) He sounds worse than he did in 2019 and 2020. 2019 and 2020, he was saying things like this.
6: You know, the rapidly rising uh, um, uh, in with, uh, with, uh, I don't know. uh, uh... So we're supposed to
1: believe that those were the good old days. That's what they...
6: (laughs) I want you to believe. That's what we're... I am, uh, I am very willing to let the American public judge my physical and mental, fil- my physical as well as my mental fil- fitness.
1: So you understand the reason the process on Seth Meyers last night was so limited, see they can't do anything. For those of you who are football fans... Two years ago in the NFC Championship game, the Eagles were playing the 49ers. The 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy, tore a tendon in his elbow and was out of the game. So they had to have a running back, Christian McCaffrey, play quarterback. They were very limited in what they could do offensively because he didn't actually have the ability to pass the ball. So they just ran the ball, ran the ball, ran the ball, and lost the game by 30 because they couldn't get any yards because the Eagles' defense knew they weren't throwing the ball, period. And they didn't. Okay? That's where we find ourselves now. We have a quarterback— who
5: can't throw the ball. It's a very limited process. Here's the rest of Pod Save America saying as much clip seven. The voice sounds frail, and he shuffles more because of the arthritis in his back. So for most people in the country who are just watching him be president... What do they see when they turn on the television? They see him shuffle and they hear him and he is he's swallowing a lot more of his words. Now, obviously, he's had a stutter, but it doesn't sound like the stutter did even in 2020. He's just soft spoken and quiet every once in a while. He's feisty like he was in the press conference and he's sharp. He like sat down. I remember that interview with John Harwood that he did. He sat down for a long time. He was very sharp in that interview, too. But I don't know if it's when he gets tired or not. It is he is mumbly. And I think that has an effect on people that is apart from whatever the media, says, whatever Republicans say, if if everyone, if, if the New York Times and everyone else stopped covering this issue tomorrow and never mentioned his age again, I guarantee you the concerns would still be there among people because they have been for the last several years.
2: I admire your honesty.
5: And that's the
1: point. When you heard Gavin Newsom over the weekend saying, well, you know, Biden's age is only a story because, you know, Fox News just keeps talking about it. That is a fact check false. It's only a story because Everybody's talking about it. The fact that these new NBC polls come out, they don't reflect new findings. Okay, 60% of the country a year ago thought he wasn't cognitively fit to be president. 67% a year ago. So this is not news, okay? It's just the first time that people in media are acknowledging the
6: facts. We choose truth over facts.
0: Call in now. We're excited to hear from you. Who the f- is this? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Biden's on Seth Meyers last night. We were talking about it quite a bit. There is a historic nature to this and that you're watching the lowest-rated president go on the lowest-rated show. (laughs) I Listen, you don't see that every day. You know, when Biden supposedly was going to head out to East Palestine, when was the last time you saw a train wreck visit a train wreck? doesn't happen a lot. But one thing that did genuinely make me laugh as I watched the Lawrence O'Donnell clip again, this might be my favorite thing I've ever seen on the television. Lawrence O'Donnell over at MSNBC goes on TV on primary night and calls Trump's 30-point win a disaster not a good sign for the general election now mind you he acknowledges at the time that he hasn't even seen the numbers yet but he does know this is disastrous this is when you realize so much of what you watch on these cable news channels it's just straight performance art here it is clip
4: nine
8: how is joe biden looking so these at this 37 percent. numbers
4: are disastrous for donald trump disastrous okay <laughs> that's the reason i mentioned that the big forgotten number of south carolina which is Joe Biden getting 96%, okay? That's what you're supposed to get, all right? And Donald Trump's not going to come close to that. Donald Trump's going to leave
6: 30%, I don't know, 25%, whatever it is. is—of 37%.
8: The vote.
6: Not yet. We don't know. We
4: don't know what the result of this election is tonight. But it's going to be a very substantial number. could be a third of the vote. He's going to leave that on the table, belonging to another candidate.
1: You don't have a clue. Okay, Joe Biden, when he talks about 96%, was on the ballot against nobody. Donald Trump's on the ballot against somebody who did a town hall the night before on the biggest news network in the world, who's done five presidential debates and is a former governor, still goes on to win by 30, but Lawrence O'Donnell says a 30-point win is a disaster. Hilarious.
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Is it ever? We got a
1: busy one coming up on this show. I mean, you talk about stacking the deck. Katie Pavlich, probably the coolest woman in media. I love Katie Pavlich. She's going to be joining us. Emily Campagno, the human happy hour in the house as well. You're, of course, welcome with your calls, texts, tweets, carrier pigeons. And then Brian Brenberg will close this out with some help from Paul Morrow, retired NYPD inspector. So, normally a show where we might have two guests. Uh, Today, you see us armed with four, four guests on the docket.
9: What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here?
1: You know what happened? They saw me on Fox and Friends this morning. you know, I was on TV about six hours ago, and I probably, I didn't look particularly sharp. Mikey was saying to himself,
0: this could be a problem.
1: They're just going to fill this thing up. Like it's one of those shows where Chaffetz is guest hosting, and they have 713 (laughs) guests every second of the show. I think Mikey thought I looked hungover on TV, but the joke is on you. I did no no, no drinking last night. Nothing. I was uh, hanging out with Jenny Phala when I got home from Waters World. And now I'm back on the radio with you trying to hold this country together at 888-788-9910. Uh, you know the rules. Say it every day. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Libertarian. Uh, you could be dating a guy in Hamas. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You're all welcome. Pick up the phone. 888-788-9910. Uh, be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a... As we get underway... We get underway in this big hour. Talk about an embarrassment of radio riches. If you're listening on WDBO down in Florida, uh, we just announced that I'm coming to your town in Orlando on Mother's Day. It is Sunday, May the 12th. I am at the Plaza Live. And the pre-sale starts tomorrow. It is exclusive to radio listeners. I'm not announcing this on TV. I'm not announcing this on social media. If you listen to the show, you will have early access. You'll be on the inside. The, the pre-sale code is Jimmy24. Okay, this is also happening out in, Mo- in Vegas at the Green Valley Ranch. Uh, That pre-sale started today. If you use Jimmy 24 with your stations, casinos at the website, uh, you can get tickets to my July 5th performance. Friday night, July 5th, I will be back at the Green Valley Ranch. We better sell it out again. Don't make me look bad, man. But I'm pumped up to get back on the road. But in the meantime, I am here with you talking about some polling uh, in regards to the 2024 election.
6: Uh Oh, I'm in trouble. It is bad.
1: Okay, this is a Harvard, a Caps-Harris poll, Harvard-Caps-Harris poll. Okay, finds that former President Trump leading Biden by six points in a head-to-head race. Come on, man. Okay, understand why this is so significant. Okay, the polls historically have undersampled Trump's support. Meaning going into the 2020 election, even though he lost the election. wrong. Okay, well, you can tell me otherwise, but Biden did become the president. The point is, going into the 2020 election, there were states that Trump was projected to lose by 20, like Wisconsin, that he winds up losing by less than a tenth of a point. Okay, there were states that he was projected to win by two, that he won by 10, like Ohio. States like Florida, that they told us, you know, we're purple. This is a swing state. They put Florida to bed by like seven o'clock on election. It was a joke. So, you understand the polls have always under sampled Trump support. So, if you're starting to see general election polls and even swing state polls that show Trump with a six point lead, probably has a 10 point lead. Okay, probably has a 12 point lead because Biden's a disaster. I agree with that. I don't doubt that he does. A lot of Obama surrogates are out there smoking, smoking Biden on their podcasts and in the media right now. But the one metric that was keeping Nikki Haley's campaign alive was what? Well, you know, if Trump gets convicted, they're going to want to take him off the ballot. There's not going to be a path. They're going to need somebody else. Okay. If Trump is convicted, according to this Harvard Caps Harris poll, if Trump is convicted in Georgia of trying to influence the vote count in the aftermath of the 2020 election, if Trump Is convicted.
2: He should be behind bars. Okay,
1: that's the case. If he is convicted, he's held criminally liable, dig this. He still beats Biden by four points.
2: Oh, wow.
1: Okay, so that's that's the end of Nikki Haley. Okay, the poll also finds that if he's convicted for inciting the riots at the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, his lead extends to eight points over Biden. Now, I want you to understand one thing. Stop being charged with inciting the riots at the Capitol. But if he was convicted of such a thing, he'd still have a lead. If he's convicted on crimes related to his handling of classified documents, voters are split 50-50, which is also laughable because Biden was basically accused of doing it. The report found that he knowingly and willingly broke the law. But they weren't going to charge him.
7: We have a president that is clearly not all there.
1: That was the finding. Well, he's going to look uh, mentally unfit to stand trial. Ergo, we won't charge him. Hardly, hardly a ringing endorsement of Joe Biden's cognitively cognitive state.
6: We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by... Go, you know, you know, the thing. But as crazy as this sounds, this is how
1: bad, how historically incompetent the bureaucrats running this country have been. I want you to really process this. Okay, you haven't seen a positive headline about Donald Trump probably since the year 2015. Seriously, you haven't seen a positive news cycle since the year 2015. Trump got peace in the Middle East. He got Arabic nations to normalize relations with Israel, something they said could never be done. Did he get any positive headlines for doing it? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. They actually said it was going to make it worse because it was going to make Iran all upset. When, in fact, they boxed out Iran and they behaved. Okay, when Trump moved, the recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, moving from Tel Aviv. They said, "Ah, that'll start World War III. But it wound up stabilizing the region. Did he get any positive headlines? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. The Democrats fired you from your job if you didn't want to take the COVID vaccine. Trump is the guy that brought that vaccine to market. Did they ever once praise him for doing it? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. Cut illegal border crossings by 80%. The numbers we have under Biden are 8 million people higher than we did under Trump. Is anyone pointing back in hindsight and going maybe Trump's side was right? The answer would be no. The answer would be no. This man cannot get a positive, cannot get a positive news cycle. It's never going to happen. Okay, never going to happen. And why am I pointing out the significance of that? Because even with that being said, Trump, for the first time since he came down the escalator, is now above water in his net favorability rating. Think about that for a second. Trump Okay, the guy, the January 6th guy, they want you to believe. The race guy, the Putin puppet. Putin controls the White House. It was made up by these sick people. Trump is now above water, okay, in his favorability ratings for the first time since he's been a public political figure. Has anything changed about Trump? Of course not. There's only one Trump. So, what is this attributable to?
6: We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing.
1: Okay. Trump is now sitting at a net favorability rating of 50 to 47. He is above water with the country in favorability.
6: Uh oh. I'm in trouble.
1: Big trouble. Here's the Biden. Okay. 39% 39% view him very unfavorably. 15% view him at least somewhat unfavorably, putting him at 54%. His favorable numbers, his favorable numbers are at 43%. So 43% approve of Biden. 54% not so much. Biden sucks. Do you understand? Okay, where we're at. Because they undersample Trump. There is so much public and social pressure to not support Trump, one of the funniest things I saw on my book tour so far, I actually genuinely thought it was funny, is Dana Perino and I were doing an event at the Little Point Bookshop, which is as classy of a bookshop as you're ever going to visit. Okay, and if there's an indie bookshop out there that wants me to visit while I'm on tour, if you go to foxacrossamerica.com, that's where all my tour, tour dates are listed. If there's an indie bookstore that wants me to make an appearance while I'm in town, just yo, reach out on the site. I'll come. I'll come hang out. I want to meet the people. That's who I am. I'm a regular guy. I love that. Every second that I'm signing books is a second I'm not in the casino or hanging out at the local jiggle joint.
2: Hubba, hubba.
1: <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd, be better off, I'd be better off putting some Sharpies into books. Okay, that I would dollar bills into G-strings. I'm kidding. You can't do that. I'm a married man. I'm all grown up. But anyway, jokes aside, okay, when you realize, when you realize in this moment that Trump is now sitting on a favorable, on a favorable record, Biden is sitting on a net negative record of 11 points, and they undersample this guy wildly everywhere he goes, okay, Joe Biden is done, man. It's done. And something that came up today in one of our planning meetings here at Fox is, you know, we my TV show, we have to schedule, you know, where you're going to be on what date for stand up and how we're going to shoot the show. Are we Is the show coming to the Majestic Theater in Dallas on June 7th? Maybe. We haven't decided yet, uh, you know. Wear something nice. You might be on TV. You got we're doing things like that. You know, the political conventions, July 15th, will be in Milwaukee getting ready for the RNC. You know, August 25th, the date of significance, because that's around the time they run the DNC. So the Democrats and the Republicans normally have their political conventions either back to back one week and then the next or maybe a few weeks apart. Traditionally. OK, the Democratic primary is on the last possible week. They can legally have it this year. Why is that significant that they're going so late into the cycle? Because they want to leave the door open on replacing this guy as long as humanly possible.
10: Ah, you have a good eye, my man. That's what it
1: is. Republicans are doing theirs July 15th. They know who the nominee is. Get him out there. Let him campaign. Throw the weight behind him. Have a convention. Talk about how life was better under Trump than it is under Biden. They've got an easy sell. Yeah, there's people going to yell about January 6th. You're going to watch those footage, that footage forever. But at the end of the day, Trump's not being charged with insurrection. He wasn't trying to overthrow a government he was currently in charge of. They weren't going there to stop the certification of the vote. OK, they were protesting. It was out of control. We condemned it in real time. None of the violent acts you saw on TV that day are OK by me. I was condemning political violence long before it became trendy on January 6th. Okay, we saw the George Floyd riots do $42 billion. Okay, excuse me, $10 billion worth of property damage. They killed 42 people. Okay, no Democrat was out there saying go home. No, Kamala Harris, if you remember, tweeted a link to bail out the violent protesters in Minneapolis that had torched 100 black-owned businesses in the name of some type of racial progress. They lit police stations on fire. It looked like we were watching a societal collapse. Do you remember when CNN told us it was a fiery but mostly peaceful protest.
3: People aren't buying it, CNN, you dumb bastards. They
1: literally, protesters, they had to go off the air because protesters broke into their headquarters. No, nah, no, nah, these are peaceful. I don't know what these Republicans at Fox News are talking about. Anyway, I got to go. They're in the lobby. Run! That happened. I mean, think about the insanity of that. But the point is, January 6th, bad. But despite January 6th, despite all these absurd indictments that are going nowhere, Okay, the guy's still winning in the polls because most people see through the charade now. Nobody, nobody thinks Trump is an airtight choir boy. We know he says crazy things. We know he can be crass. We know he can be pugnacious. I mean, evangelicals don't square with him at all, other than the fact that he appointed pro-life justices. You can't actually be an evangelical, okay, day in and day out. And say you're okay with some of the social views this guy has had on the come up, but you value life above all else. And if Trump is as committed to life as you are, of course you're going to vote for him over the guy who's prioritizing late-term abortion and no limits, as Gavin Newsom spoke to the other night on the TV set. Okay, understand, Trump has the hold that he has Because he exposed this charade for what it is. The country is being run under the Biden administration by basement bureaucrats that have 76 percent of Americans thinking we're headed in the wrong direction. Okay, if you're supposed to be the competent adults in the room that are back in charge of this thing and order has been restored, we shouldn't be on the brink of World War III. We shouldn't have eight million illegal people in our country and a record level of fentanyl poisoning deaths. The schools shouldn't be failing. The crime rate shouldn't be soaring. You're supposed to be competent. But we're being told, oh, no, the, the things we've done, I mean, man, look at all the money we spent on the climate nobody cares about. Nobody cares about climate change because nobody can control the weather. Nobody cares. OK, if climate change mattered, they would have passed a climate change bill. They wouldn't have passed the Inflation Reduction Act and then bragged that it was the largest climate bill ever spent.
10: What a fraud.
1: But that's how they got their agenda across the finish line. That's what the bureaucrats are doing. Okay, they're trojan-horsing their agenda in place of yours. You wanted less inflation, so they're like, I've got it. We'll do climate change. And like, what does that have to do with inflation? And they're like, well, nothing. (laughs) This is politics as usual. That's just how it works. So after four years of seeing politics as usual, there's no amount of scandal or Trump baggage that's going to scare Republican voters off the scent. And I'm saying that as much for the Biden supporter as I am for the Nikki Haley supporter.
8: You are correct!
0: Sir. The show that's not afraid to tell you the truth.
8: Not only are you not a very nice person, you're also a slob.
0: Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Trying to hold this country together. We're looking at this polling. <laughs> Crazy. The Haley thing, the Koch brothers pulled out on Nikki Haley. I'm really nice to Nikki Haley. I love having her on the show. I, there's no reason for her to be in the race. Trump gets convicted. He's they're, they're, they're voting for him in the general over Biden. And again, you know, Nikki can make the case, as I've made, that she has better options against Biden in the general. But you do have to get the nomination to be in the general. Like, I don't doubt I would be a phenomenal date for Julia Roberts. She'd find me funny. I could tell her jokes, the taxi stuff. I've seen things. We have some mutual friends in Hollywood. She'd probably find me to be a pretty fun date. The only problem is she wouldn't go on the date.
3: That's true. That is true.
1: <laughs> that's the, you know, it's one small matter. Uh, is she ain't coming, and that's fine. I'll take Jenny Phala over Julia Roberts any day of the week. Probably going to get canceled in two years for starring in Pretty Woman. They're going to be like, don't assume anyone's gender. It's Pretty Person. <laughs> it's pretty them. It's not pretty. It's not pretty woman. What
0: the hell is the world coming
1: to? I don't know. But Joe Cunningham, he's the head of the No Labels Party. He uh, reached out to Nikki Haley, and uh, she might be wise to listen if she wants to stay in the race. Here it is, clip 11.
10: This has been a project uh, to essentially give Americans another choice. If they're unhappy with the presumptive nominees, which, you know, it appears is going to be Trump versus Biden right now. But we don't know. Nikki Haley, she's going kind to of remaining in the race. You can't count her out completely. Uh, and hats off to her for staying in it and for sticking with it. But we're looking for great quality people, folks that have broad appeal to independents, Democrats, Republicans. And um, and yeah, I mean, Nikki Haley, is somebody we would definitely be interested in.
1: Fine. So there you go. So they'd be interested in Nikki Haley. If she wants to run third party at this point, I mean, she has every right to. It's America. But that is the only option. Like, there's no option for her getting the actual GOP nomination. I I Brett Baer on my show Saturday night, and we discussed this on the air. Uh, if you missed it, it is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. It's on foxacrossamerica.com. Uh, but the point is, when you have that kind of grip, it's just his year. It's just his time. It's the way it's going to go. So people can, you know, stay in the race. Uh, I don't expect that she will for much longer. She might want to play through the whistle on Super Tuesday. But there's two dueling factions here in play. One is hers, uh, and that lane is drying up quick. Two is the Biden thing. So as we were sitting there planning out the summer schedule for touring and my TV show, and they told us the date of the convention, I was like, how the hell on earth are they having the convention as late as they are? And they said they want to because they need to leave the door open to yank this guy (laughs) off the ticket. Come on, man. That's just where we find ourselves. Joe Biden. Uh, is in a little bit of a situation right now with Democrats. Tell them like it is.
0: It's the morning show that uh, overslept Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: There it is. And I got to tell you, man, uh, one of the coolest Jimmy Fallon moments of my life, just a really funny moment is this past Saturday, I'm getting ready to go live. It's primary night in South Carolina. Somebody at Fox decided it was a good idea to put me on live television after a primary.
4: That's stupid. Use your common sense.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, but I started to believe in this decision because at the very bottom of the hour, the toss from the big weekend show to me was done by Katie Pavlich. And she joins us now to relive that historic moment. Yo, KP.
8: Another toss. It's too bad it wasn't a live toss. That I know. Would've, they would have been too much for them to handle that. Well, well
1: that's but. what's so funny is we were both on the air live, but they didn't connect us. I- <laughs> And, and then they sent Brett Baer by my studio to make sure I was behaving. And he was out of control. He did Trump impressions. He told jokes.
8: He did. I saw that. I was Help. like, Brett needs some sleep. He's been in Ukraine. He <laughs> came back, did the coverage. We're, He's doing Trump impressions.
1: We're wearing the guy out. He's now juggling on a TV show on a Saturday night. It's like, we got to give Brett Bear a break. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah,
8: exactly. But you did a great job. It's a great uh, show. Listen. You did it live. You did a great job.
1: Oh, uh, Katie Pavlich. Well, listen, it's not official until you join us. As you know, uh, I know it's we, happening soon. I know, uh, the American people are very excited about it, but uh, really quickly. And this was kind of the conversation I had with Brett first and foremost, if we were just to, you know, put an exclamation point on South Carolina, the Republican race is over. Okay. There's no reason for Nikki Haley to be running unless it's just a drinking story. No.
8: <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly correct. Um, she continues to say that 70% of the country doesn't want Joe Biden or Donald Trump. That's why she's giving, Voice to the situation, giving people a choice. She also called uh, during her speech that, you know, said that we're going to have a Soviet style uh, election, which I thought was Mm -hmm. a little over the edge. Like, you know, we're having an actual Democratic American style primary process and you're losing in that (laughs) process. It's not a Soviet style process at all. Um, so there are big questions now about what she's doing. I, I saw Molly Hemingway warning about her potentially Liz Cheney-ing herself yeah. if she's not careful, um, and I do think that's true. But obviously there's an appetite for her to keep going um, with some voters, but mostly with donors, although some of them are dropping out now. Yeah. Um, so we'll see just how far it goes and what she decides to do After Super Tuesday, they kind of put that out there as like the hard stop line if she were to drop out, Mm -hmm. uh, and what that's actually going to look like. So we shall see.
1: I feel like it's like having a friend that's running a half marathon. It's like (laughs) you just like you got to hear about it all the time. There's the pictures, there's the press events. Like just run your half marathon. But here we are. Uh,
8: Yeah, this is why I won't ask you to run a half marathon with me (laughs) because I just I'll talk to you about it all the time. You will, right? yeah, are you, exactly. Are you that You person? probably show up wearing your god-awful Carol Baskin sneakers to run it. Too, <laughs> Yo, so hold on a second, Katie that.
1: Pavlich. Shots fired. Now, I know we've discussed these shoes in the past, uh, but I will tell you that the, the wardrobe department, who thinks pretty highly of both of us, was huh? actually on board with my gold spike sneakers. Are you telling wow. me this is where you draw the line in the sand?
8: I mean, they're pretty intense. I, I did see you wearing them the other night on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to each his own. But you did tone oh, it down with wow. a jacket that wasn't too clashing with the shoes.
2: Okay, fair. Um,
8: but they're they are sharp enough that if Carol Baskin were to ever be in your presence and tried to feed you to her tigers, you'd be able to catch her <laughs> well, off.
2: The,
1: well, that's why I have them in case Carol pours sardine oil on my feet, <laughs> like she clearly did to her husband. <laughs> That's so funny! Exactly the yeah. one. The one takeaway from Tiger King, if anyone listening goes back and watches it, I mean, the whole <laughs> thing is just so bonkers. But you watch two minutes of her being interviewed, and you're like, I'm pretty sure the husband fed himself to the lions. Like that yeah, might exactly. be that might be the joke. He might have poured it on himself and was like, you know what, I'm good here.
8: Yeah, he's like, hey guys, it's dinner time. I'm ready to go.
1: So Let's funny. <laughs> That's enough. You tigers are doing an Atkins, right? I'm all protein. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly. oh, funny. Um, on the Twitter this morning, somebody posted a, a flashback State of the union of Bill Clinton. I don't know if you've seen it, uh, but it's the type of Bill Clinton video I can share. It doesn't involve any members of his staff. There's no trip to the gl- dry cleaners afterwards. But there no we- cigars involved. Yeah, no, you're going to be safe. No no humidors were heard in the making of this sound clip. But it's so fascinating. If you didn't hear it, I, I never do this when you're on the radio, but I wanted to play this for the audience because I want to talk to you about Biden's border visit. And this is very significant. This is Bill Clinton. At the actual 1995 State of the Union, I just want you to notice, Katie, for 40 seconds, what he's saying and also just how well it's received by a Democrat majority. Listen to this. It's just clip 29 really quick.
3: Our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. A
1: standing O for secure the border. If he said that in the modern Democratic Party, he'd be like a proud boy racist, no?
8: Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely incredible. You know, Democrats can... Constantly are trying to paint Republicans as extremists. Mm-hmm. When when you look at the way where the parties have shifted over the past thirty twenty you know twenty thirty years, mm-hmm. Democrats are insane. I mean they're like this on every issue, whether yep. it's illegal immigration or abortion. I mean they, they have gone so far away from what they were in the nineteen nineties. Um, it, it's just astonishing to watch. Yeah, that. that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, basic common sense. That is what it's like to have a country when Democrats and Republicans can agree that you shouldn't let millions of illegal immigrants into the country because, A, it's disrespectful to legal immigrants, and, B, it destroys your country. And yes. yet here we are. And Joe Biden, I'm sure you can find sound of him agreeing with that.
6: Oh,
1: yeah. He's probably um, standing and sharing right there.
8: Yep. And yet he invited them all in when he ran for president the first, you know, in 2020, and mm. he's doing nothing to keep them out now even as they're killing people in our country.
1: Yeah, it's insane. We're talking to Katie Pavlich. Um this is the thing that I, I come back to a lot. I think political opposition is supposed to have a basic decency. And what I mean by that is you can oppose the other party in the name of trying to win elections, but when you're actually abandoning the principles of the country that we all agree on to be true in the name of those political points, because they've supported border wall funding under Obama and Bush. So the idea that Trump running a border wall is suddenly racist and we should be building bridges and not walls, like you are actually abandoning political decency in that moment because People are, as you said, dying. People are getting poisoned. So, are we just past the point? I mean, this is what I wanted to ask, and it's scary. But are we at a point in our politics now where the politics are that much more important than the people?
8: I, I think, for the professional politicking folks, yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, like you know, professional Democrats will essentially do anything they have to. Mm-hmm. To maintain power. And that includes importing millions of people who they eventually will try to strike some deal with Mm -hmm. to get amnesty and to vote. Mm -hmm. And the cost of that to them is it's okay if they commit a few crimes here and there. It's fine if they murder a few college students here and there, because that's the price we pay to have unlimited political power. In this country that's how we get all of our money through the federal government to all these ngos that we support to fundamentally change the country mm-hmm. that you know people are wondering why there's not more outrage over this um, murder in georgia mm-hmm. of lake and riley mm-hmm. and it's like because they see it as an okay thing it's a cost that they pay a risk they take for the sake of their agenda and that's just the truth yeah. or else they'd be doing more to
5: stop it. It's gross. Like
1: the just the actual yep. indifference to life. It is. It's truly gross if when you realize that that's the lens they see it through. But I mean yeah. that's why guys like me do have to put on gold spike shoes and lower the tension, Katie Pavlich. It's I gotta true. use those shoes to pop, let the air out of the balloon once in a while.
8: Yeah, uh, they're good self-defense mechanisms. Thank I would you. I not run near you. That,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> the joke's on you because I don't run so you don't have to worry <laughs> about it.
8: Those are walking shoes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the half-mile the half thing. I might drive you a half-mile on the, on a <laughs> taxi meter and charge you $35 for the privilege. We'd see. Uh, one last thing, then, before I would let you go. Uh, in terms of where we find ourselves now, because we're nine months from Election Day, give or take a, a day or two, okay? And we're already at the whole, this guy's a fascist, you know, they're saying yeah. Hitler's – I mean – in comedy, they say you can't open with your closer, meaning you don't tell your most extreme joke first because nothing can follow it. So my question to you is how are they going to follow this for nine months or are we just going to hear this on loop? Is this is what we're down to? Is it just getting you know, think
8: character my biggest concern is like if the general public, like what they will fall for. Yeah. Right. Because they've done everything. They're trying to bring the Russia collusion narrative so back they're trying to bring back that he's a dictator because he joked about being a dictator for one day. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say he's corrupt. Um they they just everything that they've thrown at him already. Yep. You know, people fell for in 2020. So I'm just wondering like what what thing will work this time. Um yeah. and you know, we I try not to give the media that much credit, but I do think when you have 98% of the coverage yeah. negative against Trump, like it does make a difference. But maybe people are just tuning it out and looking at their lives and saying, oh, I don't know. My grocery prices are up 30% and I didn't get a raise last year.
2: Yeah. Or
8: (laughs) gas prices are $3 a gallon. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we're going to get nuked at any second. I don't know. Like maybe the Chinese balloons are flying in here because they could carry something crazy. I don't know. Just wondering.
1: Listen, I'd love to sit around and watch Joy Reid have a mental breakdown on TikTok, but I've got to sell some feed pictures to pay my bills. It's just like. Yeah.
8: Yeah, exactly. This, is, right. the, this yeah. is the country
1: we're living in. And yes, I don't also
8: need People stop taking those videos so close to their face. Like, guys, <laughs> there's so many tools now. Like, There are tripods. There are ring lights that hold your phone. Like, <laughs> You don't need to shoot your, your video like right in front of your face. I don't care who you are. Stop it's, doing it.
1: It's, it's true. It's like, it's like dentists are bothered by how close the face is in these videos. They're like, all right, I look at this all day. Uh, Katie Pavlich, you could never be too close to this program. We love you, pal. I'll see you on the TV soon. See you soon. you. are ready. There she goes, the great Katie Pavlich. There we go back after this.
0: It's the fastest part of your workday. Wow, you're pretty quick for a big guy. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And as advertised, the Human Happy Hour, co-host of numbers. he will be co-hosting Fox News Saturday night this weekend. Emily Campagno back on the show. Hey, hey, hey.
7: As I've been sitting here, you guys, we haven't even talked about that. I'm so excited. Who's on the lineup? Can you share or is it a surprise?
1: Oh, there's just so much happening. Uh... Drea Matteo from The Sopranos will be there. She's that matters. That matters. Yes. That matters. Uh, that's,
7: that's so much Italian in one room, you guys. That's a lot of Italian. That's you, a lot of Drea, Italian.
1: Charles McBeal will be there. Great, <laughs> phenomenal comic name, Christina Hutchinson. Um, and uh, we're in negotiations because we're going to be playing a game in honor of Women's History Month. Uh, and you'll be playing uh, on the panel for one segment with Jenny Phala. Oh,
7: uh, yay. Jenny making, My favorite person on the planet. Uh, that's
1: the only reason. Yeah, Jenny's making a return on the show. We're negotiating with her agent right now. She's not, she's not easy. Yeah, we are. Now, her and Lincoln became complicated. It's like, I got a TV show. Everybody's like, wow, you're still the same. Yeah, talk to my family.
7: Well, I automatically forfeit, and I want her to win. So no, don't, don't, don't put me in a comp- no. Don't put me in a competition she, against Jenny. You're not. Competing I want her against to win her. everything. No you, know, everything.
1: <laughs> no, you know she already won everything. She married me. Ha ha! Give it to me. Come on, I can't. Emily Campagnolo. With this one, she's had enough. Good to see you, pal.
7: Good to see you, buddy.
1: Ah, uh, you've been everywhere, and now you're back at have long I... last. Yeah, you've been. Where have
7: last. I just been in my apartment?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like you. Where was that? Of, where I was. <laughs> it seemed like you were a lot of places. <laughs> But you're back here now where you belong. It's good to get the band back together.
7: Hey, what are your thoughts on the George Costanza uniform disaster of the MLB?
1: Yeah, well, let me explain how this works. I'm the host, you're the guest. Uh I'm gonna have Welcome some. Welcome everyone questions to for Fox you. Across America with um, Emily
7: Campagno as I ask the questions I'm gonna ask today. some questions.
1: But no, I do want to talk about this. I'm glad you brought it up. I
7: think it's so funny, so dude. Spring training is See going
1: see-through pants. Spring training is going down right now for everybody around the country. Okay, and Emily has raised the point that Major League Baseball greenlit these new uniforms. They're made with uh, they claim better fabric, like looser fabric. But lo and behold, what they are is see-through fabric. And Casey Schmidt on the San Francisco Giants, unfortunately. Uh, is the victim, uh, if you guys haven't seen it, uh, of a very unfortunate photo of him sitting down, I guess, at at his locker, uh, showing off his new mustache. But sadly, the see-through fabric now makes it possible uh, during his next at-bat for the umpire to call six balls instead of four. (laughs) If you're picking up what I'm putting down, uh, there's normally four balls to a walk. Uh according to this photo, there are six.
7: If you are tickling what I'm putting down, look, the funniest <laughs> part is how the defense was like, but well, we tried it in multiple, you know, multiple singles, but clearly yeah. they didn't take a photo. Yeah. Or clearly they didn't look at it. Nope. It was as if I it's it's almost It's so Seinfeld. I don't know what to make of it, but it brings me great joy because anything that is truly comedic, guys, and I'm sure, you know, to the loss of billions, but it just makes me happy because so much in this day and age, so much in this current climate, it's not, it's not, it's Mm -hmm. actually not joyful at all. Yeah. Like this is a win for all of us because everyone can laugh at this and love it.
1: It's just goofy and stupid. So everybody's wearing see-through pants in Major League Baseball this year. (laughs) Some teams aren't wearing them. They went back to, like, the Padres wore their old pants last week. Good. Because they don't actually like them, uh, which sucks because the players were getting tipped. You know, it's like they'd get to first, somebody'd make yeah, it rain. Were. Nice bonds.
7: So in the NFL, the cheerleaders, you know, we ha- all, all, they all have uniforms. And um, ours are iconic. So Raiderettes were, are the, the most iconic uniform, just like the players, right? We've never changed throughout the franchise franchise, but history. But sometimes, you know, the cuts and the fabrics have changed. And that's cool to see too, right? Mm-hmm. You know, high-waisted in the 80s yeah, and yeah. all this stuff. Um, but we went through changes, and it was always exciting to be like, Oh, what's it made out of now or what, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and it was always an upgrade. It's always getting better and better yeah. and better. But, you know, it's sort of real, like the anticipation in the locker room. Oh, guys, we're getting, you know, we're getting fitted. We're getting new uniforms. What's it going to be? And even as iconic as all these stripes are, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, you don't know what you're going to get when you open that bag or when you pull up that dress thing or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So it's sort of awesome. I love <laughs> that. And I love that these guys are like, wait, what? Like you have one job. Yeah. It's like the one of the doormen in my building in New York, you know, there's doormen for every building and. One of them hates me for some reason. Uh-huh. So whenever no one else is around, he refuses to open the door for me. Is that true? It's true. So literally this. every day I walk in, and it's it's I get it's sort of maybe a comedy, but I am enraged, and I say, I go, "You have one job every day when I walk in." I say, "You have one job, you one job. That? Yes, <laughs> yes. That's probably why he hates me, but he does one job, buddy. Get and I like last, yesterday I was struggling with like the sixteen roll of toilet paper. One job, bro. One job.
1: <laughs> Emily's in a fight with a door hate guy. This guy. And she's right to say every building in New York does have a doorman, whether he works there or not. That's right. <laughs> it's the nice thing about New York. Whether he sleeps
7: there for free or whether just, he works there.
1: He's just there. Uh, my buddy Ryan had a door lady uh, for a long time. Oh. Who, uh, it was a non-consensual door person situation <laughs> that <it> just decided <laughs> she was the face of the building. And it went on Dude. for like a summer. And I used to have to like, go by his apartment. I'd have to get in a karate fight with a woman.
7: Oh, my gosh. Last yeah. night in Central Park. I was sitting on a bench watching the sunset, getting some fresh air because, you know, I was yeah. sort of sick this weekend. So I, was, I, I like merged from my apartment. And um, this I was sitting on the phone, legs crossed uh-huh. on a bench, and I hear this male voice be like, start to talk to me. And I'm, I'm just not having it. Yeah. Don't look at me. Uh-huh. I don't care. Whatever it is. But but, but there, there's a – and he was like stunned. I'm like, I don't care. Get out of here. Right? Get out of uh-huh. here. And he goes, but there's a raccoon right behind you. And I literally am like, bro – The only, (laughs) there is nothing dangerous about a raccoon in my vicinity. The only thing dangerous to me in Central Park is a man speaking to me. I will pepper spray you.
1: Damn right you will. Good job, Emily. Great job. (laughs)
0: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you bet it is. Here we go. Big hour coming up on the show.
1: Uh, We're going to be talking about the southern border because President Joe Biden is supposed to head down there this Thursday. Donald Trump visiting as well. Paul Morrow, retired NYPD inspector, uh, is going to talk about the tragic death of a college student down at the University of Georgia That was eminently preventable were it not for the border policies of a guy by the name of Joe Biden.
6: You have no idea how to defend a nation.
1: And that's coming with a human cost. It's really disgusting stuff. We'll try to keep the mood light, but uh, it's going to be a chippy hour. 888-788-9910. If you want to help us round third and head for home in this final hour of the broadcast, you know the rules. You could be a Republican, you could be a Democrat, just don't be a (laughs) There it is on a Tuesday. Katie Pavich was with me in the previous hour. And I played a clip during the interview because I wanted her take. Uh, I will give you mine here in a minute. But the thing I'm about to play you, okay, is from a Democratic president at the State of the Union. And this Democratic president is discussing the United States border policy. And this Democratic president is saying every single thing that Donald Trump enacted, every single thing that the Republicans are proposing we bring back, this Democratic president gets a standing ovation at the end of what you're about to hear. Now, why do I make this point? Because this is from an era, okay, where we had something called common interest in Washington, where winning the next election, as important as it was, wasn't going to come At the expense of our safety, wasn't going to come at the expense of our children who are being poisoned by fentanyl, or college students who are being killed by migrants who have violent arrest records but are still out on bail because of woke initiatives. Everything woke turns to. This is Bill Clinton, okay? This is 1995. This is back when the president didn't mind if you took a knee. This is
8: not okay. But stick
1: with me. Here is Clinton at the State of the Union talking about immigration. This is how we jump it off clip 29.
3: Our administration has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards, by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before, by cracking down on illegal hiring, by barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace as recommended by the Commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are also a nation of laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws we have seen in recent years. And we must do more to stop it.
1: So think about that. Everybody in the, st- in the chamber stands and cheers and says, of course, we should be deporting violent criminals. Of course, we should be deploying more security to the border. Of course, we should be a nation of immigrants, but we shouldn't abuse our immigration laws because we're screwing the people who come here legally. Everything Bill Clinton said right there is spot on correct. And it gets bipartisan applause because political opposition used to come with a basic decency. Basic decency meaning don't demonize a policy if you know it's better for us. Okay, Trump wanting border security was better for us. But instead they said, we should be building bridges, not walls. Come on, man. Democrats are so full of crap. And why? Because every single Democrat said we should be building bridges and not walls. Okay, does not have a bridge that lets anybody who wants to come onto their property come onto their property. All of those rich elite Democrats have walls around their property because they want to keep people out, not because they're racist, because you'd have to be a complete insane person to just let anybody in the world who wants to wander into your house at any hour of the night do so. You see, the border is the front door of the house. And when the word gets out that you're not locking it, people come in. It's no different than a college bar that doesn't check ID. When people find out that underage kids can get into this bar without an ID, what do you think happens at the bar? Everybody shows up, okay? We have turned our southern border into the college bar that doesn't check IDs, ergo we've created a humanitarian crisis. Why did we do that? Because when Biden got into office in order to placate all the people who begrudgingly supported him in the Democratic Party, you know, the idiots who spent four years saying a border wall was racist, even though they voted for a border wall under Barack Obama. I don't see you doing any
4: better in the booty department.
1: Okay, they voted for a border wall under George W. Bush. I mean, really think about it. When Trump started building border wall, how did they try to dismiss it in the media? They Well, it's all it's existing wall. It's not building new wall. He's just gussying up the existing wall. Huh, interesting. So if walls are so racist, why the hell is there existing wall?
2: Oh,
1: wow. And no one ever spoke to the reality that walls were not racist. They were needed. Okay, until political opposition in this country took a turn for the worse, meaning you could avoid... Okay, of common decency and still be political opposition. Meaning, now things we knew were good for the country, we could just knee jerk say they were bad because we just didn't want the other guy, you know, succeeding on his policy initiative. He's campaigning on build a wall. We've got to demonize build a wall. But you understand, they voted, they spent money on a wall. Democrats did that. They did it again under Bush. They did it again under Obama. Okay, they did that. And then they abandoned, okay, what they knew to be the best interest of the country because they wanted to demonize a political opponent. So we opened up the border when Biden got into office. He signed executive order after executive order, eliminating the border wall.
6: I don't remember that ever happening. But
1: it did. They killed the wall. They killed Remain in Mexico. They fought to the Supreme Court to get rid of Title 42, which is a COVID era screening provision that would subject people at the border to the same health provisions we're being held to here in the country. They fought to eliminate that. So if you're coming to the border, no COVID checkup, welcome. Okay, but if you're a legal taxpaying citizen, you couldn't go to school, you couldn't go to church, you couldn't go to work, but you could come into this country illegally. You cannot be serious! That's what they did. Okay, and all the places under Trump that declared themselves sanctuary cities. No, 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 we're a sanctuary city. No human being is illegal. Trump doesn't want them. They can come here. They, we're a sanctuary city. That's what they said. Why did they say it, guys? It was posturing. Because Trump wasn't letting people in. If he's not letting people in, you don't actually have to take anybody. Bingo. So they were sanctuary cities. It was branding. It was posturing. Hey, look at us. We're the good people. We're tolerant. We're inclusive. You know, the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Give us your tired, your poor, that old thing. That's us. No human being's illegal. But they didn't have to take any human beings now that they have a border policy that lets anybody who wants to come in, come in. okay. now they're being forced to take people. And what is Eric Adams now saying? The guy who famously, famously ran on the poem on the Statue of Liberty. Donald Trump says, you know, sanctuary cities are bad. He's entitled to his opinion. New York's a sanctuary city. Well, here is Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, now calling on the city to change its sanctuary laws. Listen to this, clip 33.
9: Those small numbers that are committing crimes, we need to modify the, uh, the sanctuary city law that if you commit a felony, a violent act, we should be able to turn you over to ICE and have you deported. It is a right to live in this city, and you should be, you should be not committing crimes in our city <laughs> for doing so. Right now, we don't have the authority to do so.
1: I mean, man...
9: Shut up, fool!
1: And I only say fool because he created this mess. Now he's trying to avoid the political liability by saying, we don't have the authority to do so. People are committing crimes. We don't have the authority to turn them over to ICE. Hey, you know what you have the authority to do? Are you ready for it? You have the authority to lock them up. You have the authority to lock them up and keep them there. Okay, maybe you can't deport them. Okay, maybe you really can't because that's how dumb these laws are. But understand, you can enforce the other laws that say we should have more contempt for the criminal than their victim. In the current woke way of life in this country, we're now reimagining policing through the lens of the perpetrator. Hey, I know a woman was thrown in front of the one train and killed, but she's dead. Screw her. What about the other guy who's still alive who did the pushing? You know, he had a rough childhood, you know. You know, historically, if you look at the numbers... A higher percentage of his people grew up in poverty, you know. Ergo, you know, he's just going to throw people in front of the train once in a while, and we should be thinking about him, right? No, of course not. But that's the policy they came up
0: with. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
1: Okay, let me give you the rest of Eric Adams. I'm just a city mayor. I can only do so much. Here it is, clip 34.
9: We've handled 177 1,000 migrants and asylum seekers. And out of that 177,000, over 100,000 are now self-sustaining. We were able to put permanently into a place instead of being on the taxpayer's roll. People tell me all the time, they see me on the street and they say, well, Eric, why don't you stop the buses from coming in? It's against the law. I can't. Why don't you allow those who want to work, allow them to work? It's against the law, federal law. I can't. Why do you say you have to house everyone that come in? Because that's the law. Why don't you deport those who commit crimes and harm people that are not doing the right thing? It's against the law. I can't. You are so full of sh.
1: Okay, he can do anything. Okay. But here's the reality when he hides behind that law. It's a law that he was supporting. It's a law that he ran on. Screw you, Donald Trump. We're New York. We're a sanctuary city. And all that means no human being is illegal. Something about racism. If they don't want him, we'll take him. That's what he did. And now he's here crying poverty as a city because he's had to process 177,000 people. Yo, Texas has had to process 8 million people. 8 million people in border towns that aren't one one hundredth the size of New York City. OK, so what is Eric Adams doing? Just like every other Democrat when it comes to political opposition, they're putting the politics ahead of the people. And it's disgusting.
9: I'm sick and tired of all this bullshit.
0: He's the most talented man on the radio, but he needs your help. We
6: all know somewhere underneath all of that bright color. There's a man who's not right.
0: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Caucuses. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we are joined uh, for a fleeting moment here by the new face of Fox News. Uh, the guy's on
4: every show. We need a facelift.
1: <laughs> well, it's funny. He's uh, retired NYPD inspector. The newest named Fox News contributor, uh, Paul Morrow, back in the house. Hey, man. Hey, what's going on? But yes, uh, I love this thing where... You know, you, you, I, I believe you're on TV after this. You might be on TV right now. There's cameras in
4: here. Uh, actually, I was supposed to be. They killed me for this national story, The Nerve. Oh, okay. <laughs> but what's so funny
1: about this is, like, you'll be doing a crime story on Fox Weather later by the time this is over. <laughs>
4: yes, <laughs> I will. Hey, listen, climate change is a crime against humanity. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of, I love that one, climate injustice. Oh, that's God. That's my favorite one in the yeah, world. and Rachel Levine now is weighing in on it on TikTok. Yeah, That's, yeah. that's what's... Beca- you know, we used to be a real country. <laughs> I know, That's but a great point. When did it point. change? What happened?
1: That's yeah. a great point that we're sitting here now pretending that no, I... No, no, well, you know, I'll tell you when this country is going to get back on its feet, guys. It's when we address the racist uh, racism of Mother Nature. Mm. I've had it with
4: our know, Mother too. Nature. <laughs> no. She's lost her filter. She needs to be canceled. That's you, it. Yeah, we're we going to cancel we, Mother Nature. We need a non-binary... So Something nature. On the border, yeah. It's,
1: well, it's birthing person nature. And I apologize for the insensitive nature of our comments calling her mother nature. I think we should have given a trigger warning. Yeah, right. I do believe it's bir- it's people who menstruate nature. Jimmy, I do, believe-
4: do better. This is the okay, scientific. Do better, pal. <laughs> We're right.
1: sorry for the hurt we've caused. Uh, so I played this clip earlier from the 1995 State of the Union. It was Bill Clinton talking about the border and how we need to secure our borders by hiring a record number of border agents, deporting twice as many criminal aliens, cracking down illegal hiring uh, by barring benefits, and we need to work on a mass deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes uh, and deport them immediately. We're a nation of immigrants, but we're a nation of laws. It is wrong and self-defeating for a nation of immigrants to permit the kind of abuse of our immigration laws. He gets a standing ovation, Bill Clinton, Yeah, in 1995, both sides.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, when Bill Clinton mm-hmm. is the outer limit of your progressivism, Yeah, you know that the country resides someplace well to the right of that. Yeah. You know, when that's the outer limit, and it, th- what's happened is there's, you know, just to be serious, there is a real bullying aspect of the Democratic Party, that's where the energy is, it's where the money is, and they are the tail that's wagging the dog. And now, of course, the more mainstream Dems are sort of waking up to it and saying, okay, we have to push back on the squad and others, but it's very much too little too late. And that bill that came out of the Senate was obviously not the answer, a bill that allows for 5,000 law-breaking Right, law breakers to come yeah. into the and then we're going to assert. Then we're going yeah. to enforce. You know, that's like saying, okay, look, you know, we know you're a serial killer. We'll give you five bodies a month, yeah, and then we'll start <laughs> to look at it. You know, I mean, come on, the law's the law. After, that's it. After five, we got to get serious. Paul Morals in the studio,
1: but that's the point: is political opposition used to come with a basic decency, meaning you didn't oppose your opponent's view if it was for the better good of the country, like right. Tr- Trump wanting a border wall. It's one of my favorite things about the kind of the manufactured hysteria of the Trump era is whenever Trump would announce a new piece of border wall, the guy's not building a new wall. That's just existing wall that they're gussying up. But if, it's a, if walls are racist and horrible, how is their existing wall?
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They yeah. voted to fund them. But that's where we find ourselves now. Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, the, the, the real uh, double in the details here is that the simple solution that he had in place, the real solution was remain in Mexico. Yeah. That's really the big dog. The, let's go, i i think the wall is for the for more window dressing than yeah. anything else but if remain in mexico gets reinstituted, what happens is The nation of Mexico becomes the wall. Yeah. Because Mexico won't let the people into their southern border, their own southern border. They don't want them. So now you have a, now we have, America has a southern border wall that's literally thousands of miles long. And by the way, being enforced by the nation of Mexico costs us no blood and treasure. It's just so simplistic. It's so easy. Biden finds himself in the bind that he can't undo something that he he undid initially because it was a Trump initiative. Uh But at some point here, you know, you need some common sense. And the idea, Jimmy, that the, simple fix won't be instituted without tying it to two of the oldest conflicts in the world that have never been resolved, as in Gaza and Russia. Okay, yeah, let's hook our basic security Uh to two unresolvable, quasi-biblical conflicts. (laughs) Great idea, fellas. Who came up with that? Oh, Congress, what a surprise. I remember being a kid and thinking the people in Washington were the smart ones. Yeah, You know, like yeah. you get that, like, window up yeah. until, like, the age of 12. <laughs> yeah, that's a, like a Lifetime movie where the great, you know, it's like seeing your parents drunk, you know, all of a sudden. <laughs> right? All of a sudden you start to, re- oh, my God, there's nobody running this whole entire thing. <laughs> Wait there, a minute. Huh? Who's your commanding <laughs> officer? Exactly. Yeah. The stewardess, the stewardess is flying the plane. It's all of Vander Holyfield. So when I met a Vander Holyfield here at Fox, one of my uh, sports heroes of my youth. I've met him. Yeah, Great dude. Yeah,
1: gracious guy. Yeah. So uh, I met him here at Fox. I go, how you doing, champ? And he goes, Probably. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. That's, that's, this is a man who was licensed three times too many. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, God bless him. Yeah. And we're now being led by a president probably. Uh,
4: probably right. Paul
1: Morrow, you have 21 more TV hits to get to. Uh, we thank you for a second of your time. Uh, we have 20 seconds before the break. Are you, like me,
4: laughing a little bit at Eric Adams and his about-face on Sanctuary Cities? Amazing, isn't it? Isn't you it know, great? What's amazing is that not more than about two weeks ago mm-hmm. – he is in a press conference advocating for these migrants yeah. to be put to work as New York City lifeguards. Yeah. New York City lifeguards <laughs> where they will encounter kids of high school and middle school age.
1: <laughs> Come on. And not, not that there's
4: any gang activity possible just there. Dumb. That's
3: the dumbest thing I've heard of.
0: It's America's life coach. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: Oh, if I sound a little nervous. It's not every day we get a Yellow Jacket winner. Oh. Here, here in the studio. But he demands to be introduced as such now. Uh, even when you see him on TV. Co-host of the big money show on the Fox Business Network and, and now proud owner of a yellow jacket that he won on Fox News Saturday Night, Brian Brenberg is I, here.
10: I did win that. It kind of felt like a charity case. It was not a charity case. Because I, I, I went back and watched the tape. I saw who was sitting next to me. Their performances were clearly better. you
1: talking about Corinne and Tudor Dixon. Oh, yeah. Well, there's two things you got going for you, okay? One is no one wants to cover the ladies up with that big yellow jacket.
10: <laughs> Again, I, mean, I, see, I consider that charity I mean, to T- the audience.
1: Tudor you know, shows up like... She's getting paid in singles, and we love her for it, and she might be. She's great. She'd admit to it on the show, Uh, and Corinne's a lot of fun just the same. But no, no, Uh, we had a long talk about this because you understand the way the show works and when we're closing in on the Yellow Jacket, my EP, Victor, who you know well, he always offers me an opinion that I might go with, I might get away from, but they were emphatic. They were emphatic that you were the anchor on the panel, wow. so you got the jacket. Believe me, do you think I want to give you that jacket? No, I
10: don't, I don't think you do. I don't think you want to, but it's, the, a fee, it's an obligation. The thing.
1: yellow jacket is an opportunity for me to go do like uh, – I'm the old – who's the guy who hosted Family Feud that used to make out with all the women? Uh, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think of it off the – no, no, no! That's no. Price is Right, Mikey. You can't ask the twelve-year-old. Mikey, in the come, on, Mike, come on, man! Come on, Mikey. Just said Bob Barker. what did you say? Bob Barker. Yeah, but why do we not? Know? Of course, we know the no, answer. Everyone the on Price the radio is, right is losing their minds screaming at the actual uh, at the actual play. radio.
10: Family Feud guy. Yeah,
1: Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Everyone in the car right now is like Richard Dawson. You <laughs> idiots! It's the worst feeling when they when they not getting the thing that you know. I know. So, anyway, Richard Dorsey's Kiss All Ladies. So, the yellow jacket, I'm obviously not kissing these women in a Me Too era, but you no. go by, here's a little jacket for the scantily right. clad lady. It's a nice moment for America. Away we go. Uh, so, believe me, you're not, you're not the first or second choice in that situation. <laughs> uh, you, you certainly earned the yellow jacket. Yeah, so well, congratulations. I'd
10: take, take it. Thanks, man. Uh, I do want to be announced that way from now on. <laughs> One time winner. <laughs> Oh man! If you just, I'm gonna join- sign my name, yellow like Brian Brembrick yellow jacket like H O L. Yeah, you know they do H-O-F like the O-F Hall of Fame. Class of I'm a 84. yellow jacket guy.
4: <laughs>
1: do you know that I sign things with my taxi medallion? And that's a total takeoff from what you just said. Dude, really? Yes, I will write. I won't say it on the air because people will know because I sign my books in Walmarts around the country and leave them on the shelf. <laughs> if you want a copy of Cancer Culture Dictionary and you're near a Walmart, go. You might find an autographed copy. Dude. I signed about 200 of them around the country this year. Wow. And I just leave them there because somebody might find it and it's a goof. But you'll know it's mine because my medallion number is in there. And you can contact amazing. me and go like, hey, mean? I'll be like, what's my medallion? Though? Yeah. And that's how you verify
10: it. yourself. Come
1: on, man. You get a certificate of authenticity. I mean, the actual certificate of authenticity is just how bad the handwriting and the grammar is. No, true. <laughs> like, I don't the know. Misspellings oh, all over him. the place. He misspelled his name. <laughs> wow. This is going to be a hell of a book. Huh? <laughs> this is there ooh, was an editor. Don't there, worry. There are two L's in failure. <laughs> oh, man. They should have kept the editor on for the autograph signings. Apparently. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Oh, Brian Brenberg here. We're having a good time. So uh, last night, since we're talking about late night comedy, uh, you were, of course, a guest on the highest rated episode in the history of our show. How much credit do you take for that? Don't be modest. Let me talk to big TV star Brenberg, not the guy you've sold the public. I, I tell How you, much credit? I
10: think the ratings would be about half a million higher if you would have cleared out everybody else from the show,
0: <laughs> including
10: you. yourself. <laughs> That's the Brenberg we know.
1: I kid. But we would, wouldn't it be great if you went heel? Do you know? Like, oh, yeah. But what was so funny about that show, and I meant to mention this on the air and I didn't, okay, is there was a specific demo listening to that show that was, it was definitely their favorite episode. It's the guys in the audience that are pro wrestling fans. Oh, for sure. Because we inadvertently wound up with so much pro. Brett Baer talked about the Macho Man Randy Savage. We built on that. We were talking in the A Block about Trump changing his name to Big Don. <laughs> and then I think you brought back a Macho Man reference later in the show. Uh, everybody, Davy up at WIBX was probably like head the screen. He was sure. so excited, oh yeah! Because Davy has a Hulkamania website, a uh, 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 workout set. Remember those weights? He no, he has one. I guarantee you, Davy does. If Come I know Davy. But uh, back to my theory. And Twenty-four
3: is, inch
10: pythons on that it, guy. Forget too, about it. Don't.
1: Hulkamania running <laughs> wild. <laughs> I love the Hulkster. And I give Bret Bear credit for saying Macho Man because that's the cooler pick of all of them. Oh, for sure. For sure. But make no mistake about it. The Hulkster was the face of America. Yeah. Forget wrestling. At the peak, the Hulkster was a big deal.
10: I don't think the Macho Man could have carried the weight that Hulk carried, Mm -hmm. but he could play a great role in that in yes. that solar system. Yeah, he was an know?
1: intercontinental champion for a
10: period of time. Which is no small thing. It's I mean, not let's, not, let's not undercut and that. And he's
1: intercontinental, but at a time when Russia and America were fighting over intercontinental ballistic missiles. It's a big deal. It was Hulk Hogan who stood toe-to-toe with Nikolai Volkov. <laughs> it was Hulk Hogan who <laughs> toppled the Iron Sheik. It was Hulk Hogan who came into I Am A Real American. He was the face Of probably the peak of this country. Like, if you want to talk about it, and we've talked about it before, okay, Reagan's the president. Right. Hulk Hogan's the champ. Okay, the Chicago Bears are doing the Super Bowl shuffle. You know, it didn't age well, but the Cosby Show, (laughs) quite a hit, Brandberg. (laughs) Quite a hit. Before we knew. I mean, Cosby, peak Cosby, just so you know, was getting 60 million viewers. Unbelievable. Triple the Seinfeld finale was the Cosby weekly audience at the peak of America, okay? What Mac- a time. Maximum strength America. You know when the Beastie Boys sang Fight for Your Right to Party, same year Hulk Hogan was the champion. We're talking 87. Un- Things are looking real. Good. Run DMC tougher than leather, so they sing Walk This Way with Aerosmith. Like we there's no one could tell me we didn't peak at a country then. Maybe we can recapture some of that yeah. by adopting the same sensibility, but we're not there right now. Do you know right. how much fun it was and it was integrated because Cosby was the first sitcom about an uh, upper middle class black family of, yeah. of means that was the highest rated. It was not only the first one, but it was the biggest one.
10: It was huge. We it, were integrated. Can I can I tell you? And, and the mm-hmm. thing, if you run a thread through all of that, uh-huh. every one of those things or guys were just great. Yes. Like, it. We love them because yep. they were great entertainers, yep. yeah. great singers. Yep. They were funny. They were great athletes. Mm-hmm. But it was greatness. Mm-hmm. And it's like the most powerful integrator is greatness and Mm -hmm. recognizing that.
1: Thank you. Michael Jordan took off from the free throw line. And we weren't like, wow, he's black. We were like, wow, he took off from the (laughs) free throw line. Thank you. It mattered. It Uh, did. That's the secret sauce of America. That's what people are getting wrong. But that's where a meritocracy is so important. Because if the best of the best is the priority, you're going to have representation.
10: Because the best comes from everywhere. The best comes from everywhere. Well, and the best does things you never thought of before. Yeah, like the shoes. Like mm-hmm. the best comes up with the shoes. They come up with the music. Thank you. Because you're looking for the best, you're not looking to fill a category.
1: Mm-mm. So that's the point. Brian Bremberg's in studio, Yellow
10: Jacket winner. Uh, he is, of Thank course, you. being interviewed by
1: New York Times bestselling author Jimmy Fallon. Uh, we're working that's all the credits second. in now. That's all we got. But uh, the point being. Is when you prioritize meritocracy, okay, at, you know, as a whole, as a government, as a society, as in everything, you're going to get representation. And this idea, this is where, like, DEI is such a fool's errand, is because it's approaching society from the standpoint that races couldn't make it on their own, which we know is not the truth. We're so far past that mindset, Right. you would almost argue like it's like reverse, it's like neo-progressism, you know, it's like reverse segregation
10: in a sense. It doesn't make sense. It it doesn't make sense. And we have so much evidence to prove it. Mm -hmm. We have so much evidence, so many great stories to prove. You don't have to, there's no quota you got to fill. Just create a moment Mm -hmm. where somebody can step up. Uh I mean, you you call it Detroit, right? When you talk about music, you could, I mean, you talk about Atlanta. Mm -hmm. You could talk about LA. I don't care what you're talking about.
5: Mm -hmm.
10: And you're going to get something and you're like, my mind is blown.
5: Yeah.
1: And that's the point people are missing the boat on. What, I think what they're doing, and this is what bothers me, is we're pretending it er- hasn't already happened a billion times.
2: You know what I'm yeah, saying? exactly. It's happened
10: a billion times. A billion we need times. to get to the place where everybody's like, no, we were there. It was <laughs> the just, 80s. It was awesome. It. <laughs> you were actually there, too. What happened to you?
4: Go watch the Real
1: the World video. It's literally <laughs> every race and ethnicity known to man, and they're the biggest stars in the world coming together to address world hunger that's 1984 do you know who the front man of the we are the world movement is it's lionel richie he wrote it with michael jackson yes and he went over to michael jackson's house the greatest story in the world and bubbles the chimp was in a bad mood <laughs> it's the greatest story in the world and michael wants him to go talk to bubbles because bubbles in a bad mood he tells a story it's so great and i was like yo man i don't want to see no chimp i gotta write this song But he can't concentrate. It's a real story. Because Michael Jackson had a talking bird and the bird was yelling at his dog. This is in the documentary. If you haven't seen it, it's The Greatest Night in Pop Culture is what it's called. And Lionel Richie's talking about how he was trying to write the song, but Michael Jackson's bird keeps yelling shut up to the dog because the dog's barking and the bird's going shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. And the dog is losing its mind because the dog doesn't even hear shut up. It's just like, you know, if one dog barks, the other dog barks. So the dog only speaks woof. So he says the he thinks the bird's woofing he's woofing. Oh, we're barking now. Oh, You know how that works with dogs? We're barking. Give me a second. We're barking. They don't know what they're barking at. They don't know why. And so anyway, we are the world, the peak of diversity, addressing world hunger by deploying the most talented musicians we have. And we actually confront a, a collective crisis head on and do something about it. And we didn't need any initiative. We didn't need any DEI. We just needed the meritocracy to speak for itself. Do you
10: know who gave us the DEI? I'll give. tell you who gave it to us. It's the no-talent people. Yeah, probably. The no-talent people, because mm-hmm. they can't even figure it out.
1: I'll give it to you. It's the Moneyball of society, because Moneyball reconfigured baseball for the guys who couldn't hit, yes. run, and throw. They're like, all right, this guy strikes out all the time, but he doesn't hit into double plays <laughs> if he strikes out all the time. Am I right? Let's get a bunch of guys who can strike out all the time, Anthony. You know what I mean? That's great. That's, that's, that's what they were doing. Well, let's this guy strikes out everybody. But you know the pitch counts are high. So That's let's right. get a guy who doesn't strike out everybody, lower pitch counts. Hey, I'm in the majors now. It's weird. But they've they've lowered the quality of everything to make it more accessible, but the product suffers as a as a
10: whole. It does. We just we're run this world is governed by no talent people whose main goal is to keep talented people from showing them what they could never imagine. They're
1: holding us down. That's, well, at least they're trying to. Which they is can't. another
10: 80s theme yeah. that we need to recover.
1: Ain't nobody going to break my style. Ain't nobody no. <laughs> going to slow me down. I mean, you think about that. And no, no one has broken my style. I broke it myself, <laughs> thank you very much. It has irreparably damaged my style, uh, but no one's slowing us down. We're talking to Brian Bremberg. So maybe that is the answer uh, when you take it full circle, because I was talking to you on the show Saturday night about how me and Lincoln only refer to Trump as Big Don in public. The reason we call Trump Big Don for you, the listener, is because there is a name fatigue with trump yeah okay he's above water in favorability ratings in a harvard poll for the first time since he entered politics
10: Unbelievable.
1: which is an incredible testament to the ineptitude of washington because they've attacked him for every second of his political existence yeah. they have blitzed every down every down at times trump has been blitzed by his own offensive line <laughs> okay he has been blitzed by everybody every down and he's still in the pocket taking the hits throwing the passes But that being said, if he has a little bit of a name recognition issue, do you think there is any value – in, we talked about it on the air in a fleeting moment, but should we just start collectively referring to him as Big Don as a means of cartooning him a little
10: bit? Well, again, if you're going back to the standard of 80s wrestling, that's one of the ways that you break out of the staleness of whatever you've gotten into. You, you can reinvent.
1: Yes, you can. You
10: get a new headband. Mm-hmm. You get a new name. Yep. You get maybe a new sidekick, uh-huh. maybe a snake or something. Oh, I don't know. I mean, we can get the crazy. Snake, Scott. That's right. <laughs> He's going to show up with a snake now. <laughs>
1: Tim the snake
10: But that's, you know, that's how you do the reinvention mm-hmm. and all of a sudden people look at you through a new light.
1: That's very important. I mean, you think of this, okay? Since we'll go full 80s. The whole hook of ZZ Top videos is that they'd find some milk toast middle of the road gal working a job and these three hot chicks would show up <laughs> and that old panhead The car. Do you remember this? And they take her for a makeover. And she'd come back with like teased hair and (laughs) leggings and blown out and the eyeshadow and the silver lipstick. And everybody was like, my gosh, what is that? (laughs) And it's reinvention. So we need to ZZ top the Trump campaign. Is that what you're telling me?
10: I mean, I'm just, you know, we probably got some great examples of of rock bands who were big in the 70s or 60s, you know, Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson Starship. Ooh. Heart, the 70s heart is very different than the 80s heart, but you could argue they're both great in different ways. They are really great.
1: That's the point. So maybe what we're looking at here, the Trump campaign's listening, and there's a good chance they probably are. I mean, let's face it, they should be. When you want direction in the general election, they're like, hey, Tony, you know that guy who plays video games in his 40s? This guy's his friend comes on. The, the 20- yellow
10: jacket guy's on. Tune in. He might have something to say. He won Wait, that I'm jacket. You, we're
1: going to win this thing. <laughs> we're going to win this thing. Well, anyway, though, they are listening. That's a, that's a really good note. It's an 80s makeover. Because this is the truth. Because the campaigning is so negative now, the side that's going to win in the general, because it's going to be a thin margin is going to be the fun side, the mm-hmm. cool side. It, it, it's just unequivocally true. People are calibrated to have fun, and there's nothing this nation has enjoyed more than the 80s. Not Nothing. Collectively, because we were so integrated. The 80s is the decade where the Super Bowl came of age. It was a mm-hmm. thing. Yep. It was prominent. It's true. But it wasn't infused with, like, Wendy's wears the beef commercials till the 80s. That's right. They weren't recording rap songs on behalf of a team until uh, the 80s. That's right. And that's when you started to see the animals in the commercials and the cl- everything in between. So if you could make America
10: the 80s again, you know what I'm saying? That – somebody should go with that slogan. Yeah. Like somebody should put that on a hat.
1: Uh, Oh, I'll give you a good hat. I was telling the story earlier, and I didn't finish it, and I owe this to the listeners. I was doing a book signing uh, with Dana uh, Perino in Little Point. A guy showed up to the event with a hat. It was a red what looked like a MAGA hat and the actual font of Trump, and it said, relax, it's just a hat, (laughs) a-hole.
10: want that hat so badly for new york
1: city i
4: gotta find i
10: gotta have that hat
4: (laughs) oh that would
10: be
1: awesome it's just a hat come on trump should start wearing that that's just the funniest all right uh, listen i don't know who we bill for this who do we invoice for this campaign (laughs) consultation the point is our work here is done uh brian brenberg yellow jacket winner we'll always have this
0: A show so good, it moves the stock market. The Dow racing up on Jimmy's remarks. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
1: There it is. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are in the bottom of the ninth on the radio, but I'll be on the TV with Laura Ingram on the Ingram Angle uh, tonight in the 7 p.m. hour. If you want to check that out, I encourage you to do so. I need the ratings. Uh, But man, the one thing, the one thing that made me laugh so hard today, they went on the Seth Meyers show last night with Joe Biden. They're trying to get him out there. And, you know, we'll we'll appeal to the kids. So you got the lowest rated president on the lowest rated show. Seth Meyers gives him a cream puff setup. Tell me about your 2024 agenda. So there's nothing specific. You can say whatever you want. I don't know. Be Trump. Protect democracy. Uh, America's best days are ahead. Any of that stuff you can do. So he asked Biden about his 2024 agenda. Biden responds by calling it his 2020 agenda. <laughs> the man is insane. He's not responsible for himself. I don't know. Listen to this clip. You tell me, clip 1.
2: What do you would you want to do? What's your 2024 agenda? Cuz I feel like we live in such crazy times that that is one of the things I feel we hear less about.
6: Look, the 2020 agenda is to finish the job. <laughs>
1: The 2020 agenda is to...
3: Just a bit outside. He tried the corner and missed.
1: He tried the corner and missed by four years. Such a mess. And this is just the reality of what we're dealing with right now. I famously met Evander Holyfield, who I love. And I was like, how you doing, champ? And he goes, probably. Okay. Probably took a couple too many shots along the way. Didn't hear me well. I don't know the answer. But the point is, Evander Holyfield is phenomenal. OK, but we're now being governed by president, probably. And that's not a good look for this country, as we call it a day. We'll see you tomorrow.
3: Listen
0: to the show ad free on Fox News Podcast Plus on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your prime membership or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.